Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, what's up, what's up? My Take Radio, episode 28. I'm your host, Rich, and this show is for Thursday, January 28, 2010. Uh, the music you just heard was The Omen of Geneva. If you'd like to download that or any of the other intro music used in previous episodes, head over to ocremix.org. The artist for this track was Neko Frog One, N-E-K-O, Frog, and the number one. The call-in number, of course, is 347-324-3541 if you'd like to call in and discuss any of tonight's topics. A little housekeeping first to get out of the way. Uh, first, if you go to mytakeradio.com, if you haven't already, you'll notice that there are one or two ads on the site. You will be seeing more of these over the coming weeks because this little side project is starting to cost me a shitload of money. So if you'd like to assist, by all means, feel free to click an ad. You don't have to buy anything or you know, do any crazy shit like that. Just click an ad once in a while. Not every day, because I think Google will come and beat my ass, but once in a while and give a brother a hand. Also, uh, wanted to wish my buddy Josh a happy birthday. Uh, Josh is a regular on the show as well as in the chat. So if Josh is in there, by all means, take the opportunity and wish him a happy birthday. Um, Also, you'll be hearing some new lead-ins that were recorded this week. Uh, The first is courtesy of Rachel from MMA Hot Stuff. She recorded a lead-in for the show this week. You'll hear it at some point during a commercial break. Um, The forums are active. If you have not been to the My Take Radio forums, definitely check it out. It's mytakeradio.com slash forums, plural. Um, And you can actually talk with a lot of the listeners as well as myself about stuff that isn't covered on the show, things that don't get onto the show, etc., and, of course, mytakeradio.com. You can listen to the show live, leave comments on any of the articles, and just keep up to date on all the goings-on of the show. With that said, let's uh, do the rundown for this week. We're going to talk a little bit about Strike Force. Uh, some new EA Sports MMA fighters got announced this week. Some Ultimate Fighter news. Uh, the possibility that my guest may or may not be calling in has to do with the Ultimate Fighter. Um, if he does call in, that'll be great. If he doesn't, I know that his schedule's a little tight so we'll see where that goes. Also, which two WWE wrestlers got arrested this week? We're going to definitely be talking about that because you won't even believe who got the cuffs slapped on them. So those of you in the chat, don't spoil it because it should be fun. With that said, let's talk some MMA news first. Those of you that have Showtime will get some MMA this weekend in the form of Strike Force MMA. Uh, they will be having their Strike Force Miami show at 10 p.m. Eastern on Showtime. Definitely a must-see. Uh, Nick Diaz is going to be fighting. I always have such a hard time pronouncing this guy's name. Marius Zaromskis. I'm hoping I pronounced it right. If I didn't, I apologize. Um, that's one of the car, one of the fights on the card. Also, Christian Cyborg Santos will be fighting Marlos Conan for the women's championship. 
Robbie Lawler is going to be fighting on that card. Good old Hershey Walker is going to be fighting on there, as is Bobby Lashley, who finally has an opponent in uh, UFC veteran Wes Sims. Also on the preliminary card, Jay Haran is going to be fighting Joe Riggs. Uh, Pablo Alfonso is going to be fighting Marcos Damata. David Zicknick is fighting Michael Burns. Ah, shit, it got cut off. I don't have the rest of my notes. Um, if I get the rest of the card, I will put my picks along with the card breakdown on MyTakeRadio.com. Um, if you want to watch it, it's Saturday, of course, January 30th, and it's going to be at 10 p.m. Eastern. The, prelim- the prelims are going to start at 7.30. I believe you'll be able to watch the prelim uh, main event of Jay Haran versus Joe Riggs. I think it's on EA, on EA Sports' MMA website. I will check, and I will put that link up as well uh, after the show. Um, moving down the list and, and staying with Strike Force, uh, Smoking Joe Villasenor has signed a new four-fight deal with Strikeforce. Uh, Villasenor said via Twitter that he would like to fight at least three times in 2010. I think this is a great acquisition for Strikeforce. Smoking Joe is a dynamite fighter. He's got great stand-up. The guy's got a 27-6 and MMA record. He's 2-1 and in Strikeforce right now. He's just a dangerous dude, and I'm definitely happy for Strikeforce's acquisition. Um, I'm not going to go and say I like Strike Force more than the UFC. I don't I don't play into that bullshit. I'm all about the fights and the fighters. I don't care what organization they're in. Um of course, wishful thinking the UFC will have all those guys, but you know what? At the end of the day it boils down to watching the most exciting fights on whatever promotion and right now Strike Force has a really solid card and it'll fill the MMA fix until the upcoming UFC pay per view and as well as the Ultimate Fighter on Spike. Which leads me into this week's uh, news. Um, UFC and Spike TV took the opportunity to announce this week that the Ultimate Fighter 11 will feature 28 middleweight fighters. In the past, the show most of the time has consisted of a 16 or 32 fighter format and uh, doing a single elimination throughout the duration of the show. Uh, The officials for Spike as well as the UFC have said that they're going to be promising a new format that's going to be revealed during the show's uh, March 31st debut. But until then, I have no details on it. I may try and, and squeeze somebody at Spike TV, hoping they give me a little nugget of information. But as of right now, um, in regards to the new format, I have no info. The only thing I can tell you is it starts March 31st, and the finale is going to air June 19th. Uh, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell are the coaches. and um, they will be um, – shit, I lost my train of thought again. Um, March 31st, of course, the debut of The Ultimate Fighter, and it's going to be right after UFC Fight Night 21, which is going to allegedly be headlined by Kenny Florian versus Takanori Gomi. Of course, i got to give credit to the crew at MMA Junkie for that little nugget of information. And in keeping with that, The Ultimate Fighter's um, season coaches announced their assistant coaches, of course, Chuck Liddell, is going to have longtime trainer John Hackleman in his corner, as well as former Olympic gold medalist boxer Howard Davis Jr., jiu-jitsu um, ace Scott Epstein, and oh, a very weird choice, and it's really crazy, uh, Strikeforce champion Jake Shields will also be on there in Liddell's training camp. This is Liddell's second coaching stint on the show. Uh, previously, he competed against Randy Couture in Season 1. Of course, it's really weird, and you're probably saying to yourself, how is the Strikeforce guy um, working with the Ultimate Fighter? 
the fact is that Chuck Liddell spoke to Dana White, asked if he can have Jake Shields on. Dana White had no problem with it. Of course, right after that was announced, Tito took the opportunity to announce his assistant coaches, which would be uh, former WEC lightweight champion Razor Rob McCullough, uh, Tough Enough 3 assistant coach Saul Solis, and Jiu-Jitsu black belt and Judo black belt Claiber Luciano. Um, Ortiz revealed that he's also going to have a spot on his team with a PR specialist, and he's also going to be allowed, which is a first, he's going to be allowed um, himself and his coaches are going to be able to wear the punishment athletic gear during the show. Um, Tap Out will be providing the gear for the rest of the fighters. Now, in relation to the Ultimate Fighter, my scheduled guest was supposed to be Razor Rob McCullough. He was supposed to be joining me. Um, Unfortunately, I know that he was taping the show earlier this evening. Whether he calls in or not is 50-50. Nonetheless, if he does call in, we'll just jump right back into it and switch gears and talk to him and ask him about the Ultimate Fighter, see if he can give up any tasty bits of information. So we'll see how that goes. Moving down the list, UFC 112 is going to be a historic, historic event. It's going to be taking place April 10th, and it's going to be in Abu Dhabi. It is going to be the first MMA event that will be broadcast as well as taking place outdoors. The fights for that card, Anderson Silva is going to be fighting Vitor Belfort. Thus far, it hasn't been confirmed, but that's what it looks like. BJ Penn is going to fight Frankie Edgar, and Matt Hughes is going to fight Renzo Gracie. Dana White stated this regarding the event. He said, this is one of the biggest and most significant nights in the history of the UFC. UFC 112 is our first ever outdoor event, and it is taking place in the hometown of our brand new partners, Flash Entertainment. We're very happy that we could deliver what fans around the world will recognize as a stacked card featuring the sport's biggest stars. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I actually think that that's a, a great move. It's just showing the global appeal of the UFC. Also, it was announced that the UFC is going to be um, broadcasting pay-per-views via the Internet uh, into China, so China is actually going to not block something for once and allow their citizens to watch the UFC and enjoy MMA like the rest of us. So props to China and definitely props to Abu Dhabi for uh, being a first and having an MMA event outdoors. Moving on, uh, Business Week, which is a magazine I rarely read, it's one of those things that's on my desk at work. It gets delivered. I don't look through it. But one of the funny things that I got to look at this week was the fact that Business Week announced that Brock Lesnar and Fedor have made the Power 100 of 2010. Um, of course, that list is for the top 100 most powerful athletes. Lesnar came in at 96, while Fedor came in at number 82. Manny Pacquiao was 72. Floyd Mayweather was number 91, which means that Fedor made more money than Floyd Mayweather, which is ridiculous. Um, MMA Live ESPN show took the opportunity to help announced that EA Sports' MMA game will be having Nick Diaz, uh, Marius Zeromskis, Joe Riggs, and Bobby Lashley in the game. They will be joining uh, Shinya Aoki, Hidehiko Yoshida, Kung Lei, Gilbert Melendez, Robbie Lawler, uh, Jacare, Matt Lindland, Scott Smith, Josh Thompson, Nick Thompson, Brett Rogers, of course, Jake Shields, Frank Shamrock, Fedor, Randy Couture, who pulling double duty. He's going to be in the EA Sports MMA game as well as UFC Undisputed 2010. Renato Babalu Sobral, Gegard Mousasi, 
King Mo, Mayhem, and of course um, Jay Hirano are also going to be joining an already stacked roster of great MMA fighters. I actually got to see some stills of the MMA, the EA Sports MMA game, and while I thought it was pretty cool, I'm, I'm still, I got to see some solid gameplay. Photos can be photoshopped, they can be doctored up, and they can be always made to look better than they are. And the fact is that I need to see live gameplay, whether via video or via demo. Photos never sell me on games. I love how people go and they're like, oh, look at these pictures. This game is going to be fucking fantastic. Then they play the game and the game is a bag of shit. I do not trust photos. I don't even trust video to an extent because Sony pulled some shit with Killzone when Killzone first came out. And they showed this amazing video. And the gameplay was close to that, but... It wasn't that. And I just feel it's false advertising, and it just pisses off the masses. So I'm going to reserve judgment until I can see some video of the game. Moving on, the uh, Las Vegas Sun took the opportunity to announce that Gil Gilbert Evil may be facing Pat Barry at UFC 115. Uh, 115 right now is rumored to be taking place June 12th in Vancouver. And thus far, these are the rumored fights for the card. Once again, not 100% confirmed. Uh, Chuck Liddell is going to be fighting Tito Ortiz, and Carlos Condit is going to fight Rory McDonald, and of course Pat Barry and Gilbert Evil will be on the card. And to close out the MMA news, of course, last week I talked about Brock Lesnar coming back to defend his heavyweight championship. It seems that he has laid into his camp for leaking out information. Thus far, only one person has gotten the boot, and that's one of his training partners for having lack of skill. But right now, there's definitely a very, very huge, huge shadow over Lesnar's camp just because somebody's been leaking information, and he's not happy about it. So I have a feeling somebody's going to be out on their ass within the next few weeks. So we'll see what MMA Junkie reports on it. I've got to give him full credit for this story because that's, that's definitely a little too inside for my liking. And after the commercial break, we will get into some wrestling news. Stick around. SportsDevonRadio.com. That's where you'll find our radio show. Rich, you dig it, don't you? Yeah, man. He digs it. How come you don't dig it? Fuck you. Get on the internet. SportsDevonRadio.com. Rat bastards. Hey, this is Rachel from MMA Hot Stuff, and you're listening to My Take Radio. All right. Let's get into some wrestling news as I slowly start to lose my voice again. Don't know what the fuck is going on with that. Nonetheless, right off the bat, via his MySpace page, I can't even believe he has one, Jake the Snake announced that he will be retiring from pro wrestling by the end of this year. His statement, and I quote, is as follows. There comes a moment, and I regret that it has happened, but I simply am unable physically to perform at the level that I find acceptable. I cannot do what I did 30 years ago. And my God, am I glad that I can't. But my love for what I've done in the last 35 years deserves more than I'm capable of doing. I cherish every moment that I've had, good or bad. Bottom line is, I never had a bad moment in the ring. Any moment it was something to treasure, and I can only do so by stepping away. Although the cheers and support are still there from you, the fans, I would be a liar to say that it is not only painful physically, mentally, but worst of all, deep in my heart. So he's going to be taking bookings until the end of the year, and then he's just going to take a non-wrestling role. Um, if you want to hear his interview, head over to 2CW.com, and you can 
get a little bit more details on that story. I was always bummed that Jake the Snake never got any kind of love in the WWE just because the guy was just a great psychological performer. I, I remember as a kid I watched um, him feuding with Randy Macho Man Savage, and they proceeded to have a snake bite Randy Savage in the ring. Randy Savage was tied to the ropes. I don't recall if it was a cobra. I think it was. I don't know how they pulled it off, but I remember Randy Macho Man Savage getting getting bitten in the arm and me just shocked off my ass. I was like, wow, that's fucking insane. And it, it's a shame that he just didn't give more to the sport. Not to say that he didn't do it wrestling-wise, but just his his overall, he could teach a lot of these younger dudes a little thing about psychology and storytelling and not let the uh, the backstage soap opera writers dictate what these guys say in their promos. Jake the Snake is a, is a rare commodity. He had a lot of demons between drugs and alcohol, but he was always a dude that consistently, consistently entertained. I think, you know, his feud with Rick Rude sticks in my mind as, as a great feud. His feud with the Ultimate Warrior and his feud with Macho Man were fantastic. And if you can go with his feud with Andre the Giant, Kamala, Hulk Hogan. Hell, he made Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you wouldn't have had him feuding with Jake the Snake and Austin 316 means I whooped your ass, that came from his match with Jake the Snake. So while it's a shame that he's going to step away, it, I definitely want to you know, say that Jake the Snake Roberts provided a lot of great memories as a kid and, you know, if he's going to hang it up, I really hope that he finds a position in an organization that will utilize all his talent. Um, Don Anderson from Tumbling with Tumbleweed is in the forums, and he says that he will be in TNA next month. Um, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, just not in a wrestling capacity. <clears throat> I'd like to see him maybe manage somebody or, you know, maybe do something front office related, but... Him being in TNA isn't as bad as somebody who may be in TNA, and you guys will find out by the end of the segment. Um, let's talk about the train wreck that is Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw this week was hosted by the two stars of Psych, James Roday and Dulé Hill, were both of, uh, scheduled to appear. seems that James Roday ended up having to have an appendectomy. I think that was just his excuse to not partake in the fail that is Monday Night Raw, but... Let's just say that he had the appendectomy. Nonetheless, his, uh, his co-star, Dual Hill, ended up running the show solo. Um, of course, it was just a little bit of the continuing road to the Royal Rumble. Vince McMahon took the opportunity to tease that Bret Hart will be back next week, so I'm more than sure they're going to continue plugging away at the program between him and Vince McMahon. Personally, I really want to shit on it, but it hasn't soured yet. The guest hosting... Um, if you guys have read the Armchair Booker column I wrote on MyTakeRadio.com, you'll, you'll get my true feelings on it. I'm not going to devote too much time just because it doesn't make a, any sense to. Nonetheless, the upcoming guest hosts for Monday Night Raw, Shatner, February 1st, NASCAR race car driver Carl Edwards, February 8th, Jerry Springer, February 15th, right after Valentine's Day, so I'm more than sure they're going to play a lot of the uh, – Jerry Springer, hokey, backstage catfights. A surprising guest, March 1st, is going to be Cheech and Chong. So, you know, there's going to be some sort of pot jokes and some sort of bullshit. And, of course, March 15th, Stone Cold Steve Austin will be the guest host. Now, 
in regards to what I was discussing earlier about Jake the Snake, the wrestler who may be signing with TNA is a legend. Very entertaining performer. He recently declined an invitation to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. That man, folks, is the honky-tonk man. Yes. Cheap Elvis impersonator, guitar-swinging old guy, may be going to TNA. He posted the following on his website about he declined, of course, like I said, the invitation into the WWE Hall of Fame. He also said that the two-part, he also said he's been in talks with TNA since December. So, in addition to the current members of the old world order, we're going to start getting old WWE guys that just have no business in the ring. I like the honky-tonk man. He was funny when I was six. Now, as I'm approaching 30, get the fuck off my screen. It's bad enough I got to deal with Jeff Jarrett hitting people with fucking guitars. I don't need to fucking see you running around with your sparkly fucking jumpsuit and your comb-over fucking Elvis wig trying to swivel your arthritic hips and expect people to cheer for that. Please do, do me a favor. Don't. Stay the fuck home. Do, do something. But don't fuck up TNA any more than it already has been. But in, in other TNA news, of course, and definitely a step in the right direction, it seems that Spike TV's website let the cat out of the bag and said that TNA Impact is scheduled to air live Monday, March 1st at 9 p.m. to go against Monday Night Raw. Now, of course, this has been the motivation of Hulk Hogan since the beginning, and that is to get TNA to compete directly against Monday Night Raw. Let me tell you something. The way I see it, and, you know, people may agree or disagree, the way I see it is this. TNA, in its current state, with old-ass Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Six-Pac, Eric Bischoff, Ric Flair, there's a rumor that Diamond Dallas Page may be coming back. If you put all those old motherfuckers on TNA's roster and you try to compete against Raw on Monday night, I'm going to tell you right now, Raw will put on a main event with midgets, and it'll probably be better than what TNA is going to put out. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Promote your young talent. You've got way too many great talents in TNA that are taking a backseat to guys that are too, too drugged out, strung out, or just too fucking old to deliver quality television. You want to do something with them? Make them managers. Make them mouthpieces. Make them enforcers. Anything that keeps them away from the ring. Because all they do is detract from the product. Even though I love Mick Foley to death, and he's a great wrestler, stop being involved in everything. The fact that last week's TNA Impact consisted of him running around being crazy Mick Foley for the duration of the broadcast made me sick. I watched TNA on Fast Forward, which I haven't done in, I'd say, a year and a half. I usually reserve that for Raw or SmackDown. Not ECW, because I don't need to fast-forward much for 60 minutes. But really, if you want to make an impact, no pun intended against Monday Night Raw, put on some four-star matches. All you got to do is Samoa Joe versus Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle, 
the um, Ge- uh, Generation Me, or AKA the Young Bucks, versus Motor City Machine Guns, and just and, and knockouts. Put some good knockout matches on. I guarantee you, you will keep an audience. You will keep people watching. <clears throat> you will not keep people watching, much less myself, with the old siders and fucking Ric Flair's cranium. If anybody's seen TNA recently, you'll see that Ric Flair's hair is so thin that his fucking head looks like a shaved dog's balls. It really does. It's like, all you see is like little pink skin and some wisps of blonde hair. That's when you know, motherfucker, you need to hang it the fuck up. I like what he's doing right now, mentoring AJ Styles. That, my friends, is the best thing he can do. Please don't try and go in the ring. Don't do it to yourself. Even though this is probably going to lead to a match with him and Sting, it's not going to capture the magic of their older matches. One of those motherfuckers is going to break a hip. Ric Flair is going to do one of his crazy promos and elbow drop his jacket and fucking die in the ring. It's a terrible thing to say, but it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous where, the, where it's going. If they keep promoting using him to push AJ, then he should stay in that role. And for the big news, for the big tease that I talked about earlier in the broadcast, who got arrested this week? None other than Y2J, Chris Jericho, and Hurricane Helms. Both of them, both of them were arrested in Kenton County, Kentucky, around 5 a.m. by the Kentucky Police Department. Both men were charged with alcohol intoxication in a public place. While the charge isn't super serious because they're going to get a $50 fine, it seems that TMZ, I can't even believe I'm citing TMZ for this, TMZ said that the hurricane attacked several people, including a woman and Chris Jericho, before he was arrested. Um, There's also rumors that Matt Hardy may or may not have been involved. When the cops arrived, the hurricane tried to run from the scene. I guess his horror powers didn't work because he was drunk. Nonetheless, him and Chris Jericho were arrested, and they were bailed out by CM Punk and Christian about an hour later. So I'm more than sure this is going to definitely hinder the push of the hurricane. I don't think it's going to fuck up the push of Chris Jericho just because he's a little higher up the rung. But there may not be as there may not be as many more appearances from the hurricane on ECW after this little incident. So we'll see what happens. And, of course, the Royal Rumble is this Sunday. Matt Hardy and Chris Masters have officially been added to the match. There are four slots open, which, of course, can be for any myriad of mystery superstars that may pop up. I'm more than sure there's going to be an old guy, a surprise, an upset, and just somebody you wouldn't expect. You know, last year, I believe that the, one of the mystery guys was Rob Van Dam, and it was for one night only, so... As of right now, the Royal Rumble is shaping up like this if you plan on ordering it Sunday. Uh, the world title match is going to be The Undertaker against Rey Mysterio. Sheamus is going to fight Randy Orton. Christian is going to defend the ECW Championship, which is a miracle because that belt gets no fucking love, against Ezekiel Jackson. Women's champion Michelle McCool, who is the most boring diva ever, she's going to defend her belt against Mickie James. And of course, your... 30-man Royal Rumble from Monday Night Raw. The superstars involved are going to be John Cena, Triple H, Shawn Michaels and his receding hairline, 
Ted DiBiase, Cody Rhodes and his emo girlish look, MVP, The Miz, Kofi Kingston, Mark Henry, Jack Swagger, The Big Slow, Evan Bourne, Carlito, Santino Morella, and Chris Masters. ECW is going to have Shelton Benjamin, Yoshitatsu, William Regal, Zack Ryder, and The Hurricane, pending if he doesn't get fired before then. SmackDown's going to have Batista, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, The Great Khali, Kane, and Matt Hardy. I guarantee you the duration of the Royal Rumble is going to be spent trying to eliminate The Big Show, The Great Khali, Kane, and Mark Henry, because that's what's going to be at least an hour of that shit. <clears throat> and with that, we're going to close out the wrestling news and head into some game news right after this commercial break. You know those shows where they play video game music and they laugh in like really high voices like... <laughs> well, you won't listen to that on our show because uh, we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. We're broke as hell. And uh, nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard. So um, if you're looking for a show like that, that has horrible audio quality and uh, void of fake laughter, Video Game News Radio, 11 p.m. Tuesday nights on all games. All right, let's talk some video games. If you want to call in and talk about any of the previous segments or anything else, 347-324-3541 is the number. Let's talk some video games, folks. A lot of shit went down. For those of you that are fans of Assassin's Creed 2, you'll be able to pick, out some, pick up some new downloadable content today, that being the Battle of Four Lee. You'll be able to download that on the PS3 and the 360, and you'll be able to have uh, six new memories, including the Leonardo da Vinci flying machine memory, that's going to be, the second one is going to be available in, sometime in February, and that's going to open up an area of Florence. Uh, as of right now, both of those were supposed to be included in the full game, but were cut out due to time. You'll be able to get that downloadable content today, uh, the first one at least, uh, for $4 on the PS3 or 320 Microsoft points. For those of you that haven't had a chance to play Uncharted 2, uh, you'll be able to pick up the single-player demo of the game probably available now. Um, also, there was some downloadable content that was released, but you're not getting no map packs or game modes. You're only going to be getting what's called the PlayStation Hero Skin Pack. It's going to be a collection of seven new multiplayer skins, which is going to feature characters from other Sony games. You're going to get Nathan Hale and Chimera from Resistance 2, uh, Sev and a Hellgas Soldier from Killzone 2, and Cole, both the good and evil version, and Zeke from Infamous. If you want to download that, the pack is going to be available, and it's going to be 5 bucks. Naughty Dog did announce that there will be more downloadable content, but they're not going to mention anything else for the moment. For those of you that are fans of Just Cause, the PlayStation 3 version of the game is going to have something really unique, which looks pretty cool, actually. It's going to allow you to upload clips directly to YouTube. What's going to happen is the game is going to record the last 30 seconds of play, and upload those once-in-a-lifetime occurrences to YouTube. You'll also be able to set up 10-minute videos throughout the game. I think it's pretty cool that they're going to do that. It's just the continuing emergence of social networking just slowly weaving its way through all our consoles. 
What that's going to add to replay value, I don't know. I definitely see some really cool stunts being done, probably some sort of base jumping or some crazy shit like that and people uploading that to YouTube. So it should be interesting. Definitely want to give props to oneup.com for that little nugget of information. For those of you that like playing Monster Hunter on the PSP, the Wii version is going to be coming out in April. And I've played Monster Hunter before. It's all right. Not my cup of tea, but it's going to come bundled with a classic controller pro for the Wii, which has been available in Japan for months now. And um, it kind of, it's kind of a hybrid of the existing classic controller and it has a little bit of a Wavebird vibe to it. So if you need some controllers to play, you know, Tatsunoko versus Capcom, or you just want a cool controller, definitely pick that up. When the bundle is released, it's going to be 60 bucks. But if you want to just buy the Classic Controller Pro, you can get that in black or in white for 19.99, which is the same price as the Classic Controller. So the Classic Controller, as well as the game, will be coming out in April. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Moving on. Project Natal, of course, it's going to be coming out soon. Everybody's been talking about it. Numerous games have been developed for it. But some interesting news came out today, and that would be Project Natal was not for Microsoft. On the contrary, it was offered to Nintendo first. <clears throat> Excuse me. The news that surfaced today was that Nintendo was shown the device in 2007, but Satoru Iwata, the president of Nintendo, said that he's only going to go in, in he's only going to become involved with something that can guarantee it'll work for Nintendo's audience. 3DV, which is the company involved with Natal, showed off the camera that detected motion in 3D and had voice recognition. Iwata was unconvinced that it could sell at the current Nintendo price point. He was also worried about latency during gameplay. So, 3DV took their ball and just took it to another court. And Microsoft bit. But, Iwata's hesitation does lead me to believe that, you know, there, there, has, there may be an issue in regards to lag. I'm more than sure that Microsoft is going to work that out. But I'm a little concerned about that little bit of lagging gameplay. It's bad enough right now we deal with lag on some of these high-definition TVs that we all own. Now we have to deal with lag on this great new peripheral that they're putting out. So I definitely want to see what Microsoft has done to improve on the formula that they showed Iwata in 2007. We'll see how it pans out. I mean, I honestly think that the Natal, the Natal, whatever the fuck you want to call it, has a slim chance of being successful. Just because they're a little late, late in the game, I see it being like the Xbox Live Vision camera, like the Sony camera. I definitely don't see it jumping out and moving tons of units. I don't think it has the staying power of something like a Wii Fit or um, or any other. Well, actually, the Wii Fit is a great example of a device that they bundled in a fun game, a great premise was behind it, and it moved tons of units. Microsoft needs to come up with something really, really good to make people want to buy this new hardware. I mean, yeah, they could say it's going to be 80 bucks, but it's not so much 80 bucks. It's just adding another fucking gadget to your home theater. You know, right now, you know, you have the sensor bar for the Wii. If you have an Xbox Live Vision camera, you got that. If you play a game like Buzz, 
not buzz, um, seen it with the four remotes. You get this little dongle that you have to put on your TV that will acknowledge the four remotes. Before you know it, you're just going to have millions of little knickknacks and gadgets tied to your systems to get these great quote-unquote new experiences. Not to say that, it, that Microsoft's newest innovation doesn't have the potential to be successful. I just feel that they're a little late in the game. You know, the motion control shit, it just shows not so much desperation because Xbox is selling well, but I just think that they just want to go and try and outdo Nintendo at their own game. And usually when people try to outdo Nintendo at their own game, they fail. Perfect example, the PSP. Better than the DS in terms of content, you know, videos, music, Skype, all that shit, but it's not a fun system. That's where Sony wants to just sell you on hardware and on innovation and not on overall fun. And Nintendo kind of has a firm grasp on that. But like I said, I'm not going to shit on Microsoft. We'll see what happens. I'm, you know, I can't, I can't sit here and shit on it the duration of the broadcast without giving it a fair shot. Dead Rising 2 is coming out later this year, and they got a really cool little, I'd say a new innovation that they added to the game, and that's going to be the ability to combine weapons. You're going to be able to do it with duct tape. It seems that duct tape is going to be the catalyst, and you'll be able to pick up an item like, say, a hockey stick and attach a knife to the end of it, or pick up a paddle from a boat and duct tape a chainsaw, thus creating a paddle saw, which is one of the examples they cited, and you'll be able to hack up zombies from a longer distance. I think that's definitely something that's going to be interesting, to say the least. I like that because I've always wondered in games like that why a lot of games never thought of just combining certain weapons. I think, like, Gears of War was a great example of something you never thought of, which is uh, the Lancer rifle that they use in that game. It's a gun and a fucking chainsaw. Nobody would have ever thought of that. Usually guns, the add-ons are usually a bayonet or a knife of some sort. Um, some handguns have a knife that can come out of the handle and you can throw. I think that, you know, them allowing you to customize and combine weapons is a, is a cool thing, and it adds to that whole desperation factor that's made games like Dead Rising so successful. We'll see. But uh, I definitely like the concept. I think it's pretty cool. And, of course, it's that time of month, and the only thing that can fix it is the iPad. Of course, it wouldn't be um, a video game segment without talking about the iPad, and that's because, of course, the iPad was unveiled on Wednesday. Apple, in its usual dick-waving salute to the masses, proceeded to unveil their giant touchscreen iPod touch to the masses. And I'll tell you right off the bat, I was impressed. It was all right. It was one of those things where they really made it seem like it was going to change the world. And it's nice. Don't get me wrong. It's really cool with the color screen. And <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, the Kindle definitely has some competition. But when you start getting into price and just the fact that so many little common sense things are missing – it just frustrates people. But, of course, it, you know, I'm not going to discuss the nuances of the iPad during this broadcast. I'm going to save that for an article. Nonetheless, 
Um, when the iPad was unveiled, of course, they unveiled iBooks, which allow you to do e-reading, which, of course, is a direct salvo at the Kindle and at Amazon. It's also going to allow you to use iPhone apps on the iPad, which is very strange because there's a Kindle app for the iPhone that lets you read Kindle books. So basically, you have all the iBooks plus the Kindle app from the iPhone and it'll let you read Kindle books. So Apple's not stupid. They're up to something, but regardless of that, EA took the opportunity because what else would they do? And showed off uh, Need for Speed Shift and also a first-person shooter game called Nova. And it's going to take advantage of the touchscreen capabilities of the iPad um, in terms of steering the car with two fingers, um, first-person throwing grenades by doing gestures, Overall, very cool stuff, very high-tech, very expensive. The iPad is coming in two flavors, Wi-Fi only and 3G. The pricing is going to break down as follows. For If you want a Wi-Fi model, they come in three sizes, 16 gig, 32 gig, and 64 gig. The 16 gig is 499 The 32 gig is 599 The 699 is going to be for the 64 gig. If you want one with built-in, uh, 3G is going to be an extra 130 bucks, 629 for the 16 gig, 729 for the 32, and 829 for the 64. If you really want to go and allow your pockets to get raped by Apple, feel free to let them do it in 60 days. A little bit of God of War 3 news. If you're looking forward to playing it, you don't have much more to wait. God of War 3 will be released in North America on March 16th. And, in a bit, little bit of shameless plugging, if you want to earn, well, if you want to win $1 million, uh, MLB 2K10 has a really cool incentive. From March 1st to March 2nd, they want to see who can pitch a perfect game. If you're able to pitch a perfect game, you will win a $1 million. There are three rules, though for you to get that million for getting a perfect game. First, you've got to play against the computer in MLB Today mode using all the default settings. Second, you have to record the entire game and put it on a DVD. Finally, the contest can only be done on the 360 or the PS3. So, once you have the DVD, you send it to 2K, they check it out, you pitch a perfect game, you might get a million dollars. So, if you want to get a chance at winning a million dollars and you're a baseball fan, pick up 2K10 uh, March 2nd, and, and you have a whole day to do it, and see if you can get yourself a million dollars. Borderlands, definitely a hot topic of discussion in the forums. Fact of the matter is, there's new downloadable content coming out. That downloadable content, the secret armory of General Knox. Uh, Gearbox said the following, the content will have brutal never-before-seen enemies in a huge new environment complete with tons of brand new missions. Two of those new enemies can be seen above and below, and they are a huge mech belonging to Crimson Lance, as well as some giant spider-type creatures. I was looking at the photo, so ignore that first comment. They also showed some new vehicles, and also you're going to be able to level up from level 34 250. You're also going to get new items as well as weapons to find. 
And last but not least for the video game news, if you want to play all the Mega Man games, Capcom just announced that you'll be able to get the Mega Man Zero Collection for the Nintendo DS in the early summer of 2010. Now into some movie news. Of course, I wouldn't open off I wouldn't open up movie news without talking about good old Avatar, <clears throat> which proceeded to just con- continually rape the box office this weekend and let's go through some totals. Avatar, of course, was number one this weekend, no surprise. It earned $36 million. It's made $552 million in six weeks. Legion debuted at number two. It earned $18.2 million. Book of Eli was number three. The Tooth Fairy, The Rock's abysmal fucking movie, debuted at number four. Anybody who contributed to that $14.5 million that that movie made should just be impaled and beaten with a rubber mallet until they're unconscious. Because that movie is abysmal. Nonetheless, The Lovely Bones fell two spots to number five, made $8.8 million. Sherlock Holmes Holmes continues to kill the box office. Extraordinary Measures debuted at number seven. Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakquel, dropped four spots to number eight. It's, It's amazing. How, how, how sheepish we all are. Nonetheless, It's Complicated dropped two spots to number nine, and The Spy Next Door, a.k.a. Jackie Chan's attention to fit in, um, <laughs> dropped four spots to, uh, out of the top ten, and it made $4.75 million. Here's my issue. I made fun of The Spy Next Door, and I made fun of Jackie Chan, not because I wanted to make fun of the Asian stereotype, because anyone can do that. No. It is because Jackie Chan is one of the most legendary martial artists of our generation. And he makes bullshit movies like this. When he did the movie with Jet Li, I thought we were going to be treated to fantastic fight scenes and an engaging storyline. No. We were treated to the kid from Sky High being chaperoned by Jet Li and and Jackie Chan in one of the most ludicrous fucking stories I've ever seen. So, Jackie Chan is on timeout. As much as I'm a fan of his, all his projects thus far have been horse shit. He hasn't been good since The Legend of Drunken Master. And anybody who tells me he was good in Rush Hour, he sold out for Rush Hour. Asian stereotype, I know Kung Fu, Chris Tucker sidekick, no. And then that other piece of shit movie he did with Owen Wilson, no. The real Jackie Chan, the Legend of Drunken Master, Snake in the Eagle Shadow, and countless other memorable and fantastic martial arts classics. These family-friendly bags of shit that he does are just a, a fucking, they're just spitting in his legacy as a legendary quote-unquote martial artist. Of course, people debate his martial arts skill, but nonetheless, in my eyes, he's a martial artist. Most of his movies are in the martial arts genre, except for all the shit he's put out recently. That's in a different genre. That's the tumor-inducing, bag-of-shit-causing colostomy genre. That's where that is. Love Jackie Chan, hate all his new movies. But of course, Avatar went into the history books, because Avatar passed Titanic to become the highest-grossing movie in history. Domestically, Titanic was number one, with $600.7 million. 
Avatar is number two with 554.9, surpassing The Dark Knight, which made 533, Star Wars, which made 460, and Shrek 2, which made 441. Worldwide, Avatar is approaching nearly $2 billion. Right now, they're at $1.858 billion. Titanic is $1.842. Lord of the Rings Return of the, uh, Return of the King is one point one. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, $1 billion even. Avatar is approaching $2 billion, and in doing so, surpassed James Cameron's original project, and on top of that, created a mass, mass flocking towards the 3D film, which is going to be the bulk of some of the stuff I'm going to talk about this week. Besides the fact that the movie nearly made $2 billion, Slash Film is reporting that they already started pre-production on Avatar 2. So, Cameron wants to do an Avatar trilogy, an Avatar trilogy excuse me, and he's going to get his wish. And if they keep making $2 billion apiece, that motherfucker is going to be swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck, because this is ridiculous. But, one factor that a lot of people discussed is the fact that Ticket prices when Titanic broke the record and ticket prices for Avatar are substantially different. Avatar has a lot of money being made off the fact that the movie, that the 3D ticket prices are very expensive. So there's definitely an asterisk that should be put next to that record just because, you know, the cost of living has changed, the price of tickets has changed. 3D and IMAX ticketing is totally different than standard ticket prices. So, while it is the number one movie worldwide, there should be an asterisk just because you have to count for the cost of living. Nonetheless, of course, like I said, Avatar started the 3D revolution. Market Source reporting that they're going to do a third Gremlins movie, then guess what it's going to be in? You guessed it, 3D. Joe Dante, the director of the first two Gremlins movies, is working on another 3D movie called The Hole, which is where they probably should bury the Gremlins, because how long has it been since the second one? And you want to do a third one now? <sighs> but it's not movie news without reboots. They're going to reboot Planet of the Apes again. Not the, besides the fact that the one with Tim Roth, Michael Clark Duncan, and Mark Wahlberg was awful, not to mention good old um, Helena Bonham Carter as Michael Jack. I mean, as one of the apes, just why? Why are you even trying to do it? No one gives a shit about this, this, this series of movies. Leave them alone, let them play on sci-fi, and be done with it. It gets better, though. Remember those Mortal Kombat flicks? The first one, the really shitty second one. Guess what? They're working on the third one. Seems that Warner Brothers is in talks with two writers to do a reboot of the Mortal Kombat movie franchise. Does anyone care? I sure as fuck don't. Mortal Kombat hasn't been interesting to me since Mortal Kombat vs. DC, and even that's a stretch. They want to bring this back. I bet you they make it 3D, because that's the buzzword. Nonetheless... In continuing with the theme of 3D this week, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows will be split into two parts. 
Both both parts will be in 3D. Clash of the Titans will also be in 3D. If you're interested in Harry Potter, the first part of the Deathly Hallows will come out November 19th, and part two will be out July 15th, 2011. And last but not least, Avatar Sam Worthington is working on his next movie project. He is going to be playing Dracula. Following in the footsteps of good old Gerard Butler, who also played Dracula, he is going to be working on a movie called Dracula Year Zero. This particular Dracula movie is going to be vampire mythology and the true story of Vlad the Impaler, depicting Dracula as a flawed hero in a tragic love story set in a dark age of magic and war. Fact of the matter is, <coughs> Hollywood has phoned it the fuck in. It is really, really disgusting that this is all they got. 3D sequels, reboots, and just milky franchises that have just fallen by the wayside. As much as I love Dracula movies, I love horror movies, it's like, at, which po- at what point can you tell the Dracula story without it being the same recycled shit? I thought that Dracula 2000 had done the worst job because they made Dracula be Judas from the Bible. Judas Iscariot is Dracula because of him being involved with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Judas becomes Dracula. When I watched that movie and I said to myself, I can't believe I'm watching this shit. Not only that, but Gerard Butler, King Leonidas, played Dracula. And he was the worst Dracula ever. Besides the fact that Omar S. was in the movie, I thought that that was the last time that they would retell the Dracula origin and fuck it up so badly. Oh no, we gotta go and do a reimagining with sorcery and a love story look. The best representation of Dracula to me comes in two ways. Bela Lugosi's Dracula and Gary Oldman's Dracula that was done by Francis Ford Coppola. Best representations of of the story, best storytelling, best Dracula. Unless there's a movie that I'm missing that you want to disagree with, I feel those were the two best representations. Leave it alone. Stop trying to retell a story no one gives a shit about. We all know what happens to Dracula. Some of us have read the book, and we've seen some sort of a movie involving him. You know what I blame for this? The Wolfman. The Wolfman movie looks really good. I'm hoping it's as good as it looks. And this is what's going to happen. They're going to go, and they're just going to milk the Universal Monsters a little more. They did it with the Mummy. They're doing it with the Wolfman. I'm more than sure there'll be another reimagining of Frankenstein for the 50th time, and, of course, we can't forget about the creature from the Black Lagoon, which hasn't been, me- been remade yet, but it may be. Nonetheless, not impressed. Not impressed at all. That actually is going to wrap up movie news for this week, and I really – it pains me to say it's going to be the end of the show. Nonetheless, if anyone has anything left to add before I wrap it all up, Three four seven three two four three five four one are those magic digits. Feel free to call in before we tie up any last loose ends. Nonetheless, the question of the week that I put out was about the the fact that 3D technology and what people thought about it. 
I was supposed to be giving or doing a giveaway from sponsored by Spike and their program, Blue Mountain State. Turns out I only got one response in regards to what you're looking forward to in 3D technology, and it's from Dave from Denver. Uh, his response, I'm not really looking forward to any 3D technology. I mean, I'm, married, I'm a married 40-year-old man with no kids. But if I had to choose, I would say 3D video games would be something I would look forward to the most. The reason I say that is due to Jaws in 3D. That movie just plain sucked in the theaters. I cleaned my room for two weeks in a row to earn the right to see the movie with a girl from school. Ever since then, I have, I have not had anything to do with 3D movies, Dave. I think 3D video games are definitely something that's very intriguing to me because the possibilities are endless. Sports games, you know, if you hit a home run, it can fly out of the TV. First-person shooters, the bullets can come out. Bosses can stick their hands out of the screen. It'll definitely add a new, a new level of interactivity to games. 3D movies, love-hate relationship. Uh, the last 3D movie I saw at home was uh, My Bloody Valentine, uh, regular red and blue 3D cheapo glasses um, on an HD TV. It was a cool concept. It, was, it, it didn't really maximize the effect of 3D just on the basis that, the, you know, the, the representation was there, but it just didn't fit the overall scheme of the movie. Um, a better representation, and it's a real hokey one, was one of the last Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I believe it was Freddy's Dead which had a really cool sequence where the lead character put on a pair of 3D glasses, which was the indicator for you, the viewer, to put them on. And that's when the 3D effects started getting kind of crazy. And I think that was the best representation. I think that when you add a section of the film, and they tell, you know, which is the indicator for you to put on the glasses, I think that's better than sitting there watching the whole film in 3D because not too many people do well with it. I mean... Someone like me with regular vision, you know, I can watch a whole movie in 3D and my eyes won't fucking fall out of my head. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, she um, went with me to the Sony Style Store and she tested out the 3D TV with me. Um, given the fact that she wears glasses, the prolonged effects of wearing the 3D glasses was giving her a headache. Um, of course, Slick, one of the uh, great contributors for the show, as well as he's probably in the chat right now, he tested out the technology with me as well. He also complained about the same thing about the long-term effects and the headaches that it was causing him, and he wasn't even wearing it for that long of a duration. Things of that nature concern me, especially with something like a movie, because there are movies, a movie like Watchmen, which was done in IMAX but not in 3D. The movie was like two and a half hours, nearly three hours long. That's a movie that the 3D treatment would not have been good for. A, way too fucking long. B, no one wants to see 3D blue dick swinging around. Sorry, but no. On the other hand, um, Avatar is a long movie as well, but the IMAX helped it. It added to the presentation. People felt that that movie was the strongest indicator of 3D technology in the future going forward. I personally think that the 3D technology should be reserved for something like games and the occasional movie. I really don't want to watch TV in 3D. I don't care to. I really don't want to sit there like an idiot, like the masses watching my television in 3D because I have to. I only want to use the technology because I want to. Nonetheless, uh, Dave, thank you for the email. Uh, email me your address, and you will get the Blue Mountain State T-shirt. 
It is a size large, so I hope you have, uh, you're not a big dude and you can wear it. Nonetheless, uh, there will be no question this week. I have no giveaway. Uh, for those of you that won the art contest, your prizes will be going out within the next two weeks, so definitely keep an eye out for your mail. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up the show. Like I said in the beginning of the broadcast, stop by the site, check out the forums, click an ad or two, help me out, and uh, definitely some plugs, of course. I want to give a plug for Rachel from MMA Hot Stuff for providing the lead-in for this week. Uh, there will be more lead-ins in the near future from previous guests, and I will try to get new lead-ins from new guests. Um, of course, Rachel's other project, MMASocialites.com, check that out. Props to Mr. MMA. Um, I'd like to welcome the newest listener and uh, friend of the show, MMA Valor, who is in the chat. Uh, welcome to the show. Definitely look forward to working with you in the future. So if you like the show, definitely hit me up. Would love to have you on and talk some MMA in the future. Uh, props to Darksiders.com. I'm almost done with the game. So the Darksiders crew will be back next month, hopefully. Uh, of course, if you want to follow Darksiders or the creators, Darksiders.com for the game. Hayden Dalton, H-A-Y-D-N, Dalton, D-A-L-T-O-N, dot wordpress.com. Shout out to Brooks Macbeth, one of our earlier guests. You can check him out, myspace.com slash Brooks Macbeth. Um, my homegirl, Dem, one of the fellow MySpace forum members, has a great shop where she does um, bead crafts. She does great video game sprites. I'm actually going to try and order an, an Akuma one for myself to hang in my room. I'm going to be getting with her, but if you want to check out some of her work or order any of the work that she's done, head over to etsy.com slash shop slash royal tresses, T-R-E-S-S-E-S. Props to Cleveland Sports Radio, Born Stubborn Radio, of course, Tumbling with Tumbleweed, my buddy Don Anderson is probably in the chat. Uh, Tumbling with Tumbleweed is on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on the Blog Talk Radio Network. 411 Mania for their news, OC Remix for the intro music, MMAJunkie.com, FilmDrunk.com. And, of course, if you want to contact me, MTRHost at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest, head over to MyTakeRadio.com, fill out the guest inquiry questionnaire, and it will come to me. I will set you up, and you can be a guest. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash akuma25, or follow the show. My Take Radio is the name, and it's on Twitter. I'm on MySpace as well. My Take Radio is on MySpace. If you're on Facebook, hit up the fan page. And that's pretty much it, and my voice is out of here. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to MMA Valor for checking us out, and it looks like I got a phone call. It might be slick. Let's drag him in here real quick. Sir, what's going on? What's up, man? Uh, I don't know, I guess, dude. I think I have fucking throat cancer. Every fucking week, my voice is, like, disappearing. Knock on wood, I don't, but it fucking sucks. I guess my um, my player has some lag, because when I called in, you were still talking about the 3D stuff. <clears throat> I mean, well, aside, from the, aside from the splitting headache, I mean... It's not something that I think is really going to take off because, it, yeah, it looks great, but it's gonna it's probably going to be something that people get tired of. Like, 
the freaking, what do you call it, the 120 and 240 hertz TVs. Yeah, the picture looks great, but after a while it starts looking like a video game and you just want to watch the regular movie again. Well, you know, I, I, I like the technology. I don't think that I will be able to watch a whole movie for that duration. I mean, unless it's something really special, fact of the matter is that it should be reserved for, for special occasions, you know, for something special worthwhile. It's like we're going to do 3D programming on TVs. Does anybody, get, does anybody want to watch Seinfeld in 3D? Anybody loves Raymond in 3D? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in 3D? Sesame Street in 3D? How about um, Skinamax softcore pornography in 3D at that rate? No. No one gives a shit. It should be saved for movies and for games. That's it. And not every movie either. Movies like Avatar, Star Wars you could do in 3D, Spider-Man. You know, movies that can maximize the fullest potential. The Hulk would have been pretty badass in 3D. Yeah, I can agree with that. But again, it would be something where it would have to be like um, what they did with the Matrix DVD. Like put a little icon on the screen when it's time to put the put the 3D glasses on. Don't make don't make people have to wear that shit the whole movie. Either that, or like I said before, they're gonna need TVs where you don't need the glasses, where the TV can display the effect by itself, and you can turn the effect on and off. Sure. I think I think that it has to be something of that of that measure. It has to be something where you can only. You know, it should be optional. You shouldn't have to watch a whole movie or a whole broadcast in that. Yeah, because it's like, eventually I think it's going to bother people who don't wear glasses either, because it's like, the human eye just can't process that properly. I think that's why, it's, I think we're just focusing on it too hard automatically, and that's why we're getting headaches. Sure. I don't know. I think that it shouldn't be something that, that should be uh, mandatory. I think I should be entitled like anything else. It should be freedom of choice. If I want to watch a fucking movie in a vibrating chair with no underpants, I should be entitled to do that. If I want to watch a movie in 3D or not in 3D, I should be allowed to do that. It shouldn't be something where you have to get a new TV and it's all going to be in 3D. It's going to be stupid. It is going to – I'll tell you what. The Discovery Channel is probably the only channel that will look cool in 3D regardless. But really, do you want to watch the news in 3D with stupid glasses on? Do you want to look at the weather in 3D? Oh, I can't watch the TV because the screen's all fuzzy. Let me get the glasses. Why don't you just put the screen in the glasses and I can walk around my house with the fucking TVs in front of my eyes? Yeah, they tried that one. It didn't work out too well. There you go. All right, we'll see what happens, dude. All right, man. All right, homie. Did you have anything else? I'll you. No, I'll talk to you later. I'll let you finish up. You got it, brother. Peace. Later. As soon as Slick calls, the floodgates open up and other people call in. Looks like we got another caller. If my switchboard will work. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, it's Waffles. How's it going, man? What's going on, dude? What do you got? Well, got to join in off on that 3D, let's call it a TV. First off, it's true. I've been hearing what yours, like yours, they talk about it. 
there's no point in doing that. You're right that Discovery Channel would be amazing with it. Because, come on, think about, like, those documentary movies about the planet, animal life. It's beautiful. But if you have regular shows, the news, your eyes are just going to be hurting. Like, it, there's going to be so many health problems, especially with children, with those little fuckers always watching TV nonstop. I think that, you know, it, and you make a valid point. I think that the, that the that the necessity for that to be the norm is just insane. I think, like, you, and, and use the great example, the news is something that no one really cares about. I mean, yeah, you watch the news, it's depressing, it's mandatory that you watch the news once in a while, but having it have to be in 3D is insane. I have a feeling, though, that there's gonna, there are going to be companies that are going to maximize the 3D technology for commercials. Like, I guarantee you, you'll watch a, big, a commercial for McDonald's and somebody's going to hold a Big Mac in 3D so that it's right in front of your face. You yeah, know, things that, of that nature are going to happen. Oh, and that's another thing, too, now that you bring that up. Commercials are going to use that to their advantage just to get money out of everyone or all the dumb people that fall for their advertisement. Absolutely. I think it's one of those things where the advertising is going to be more and more, I guess you can say subliminal, because it's like if, you're, if you walk by somebody and they're eating something and you're like, wow, that smells good, and you get the urge to want to get it. When you do something like that in terms of visual appeal, it's like I said, if somebody's holding a Big Mac and practically in front of your face, it's going to give you the urge to want a burger. It's just the way it is. <clears throat> exactly. You know what I'm saying? No, I completely agree with you. And another thing I want to bring up earlier on, how we're talking about like Avatar just making all that money, like it's ridiculous what's going on with Avatar, just how much hype there's been on it. Is well, I'm getting sick and tired of hearing about that, and it's basically becoming like a Twilight. The reason why I'm saying that, I'm comparing the two. I work at a bookstore, and all I hear nonstop now is just Twilight and Avatar. Like, there's no reason to, for there to be such a big hype about these movies. What was so great about it? Well, I'll tell you what it is, and this, this leads me back to something I've discussed before, and that's the fact that Twilight, Harry Potter, Star Trek, Avatar, uh, Star Wars, the fans make people hate the product. Lord of the Rings even to an extent, because the fans get so enamored and so insane with the product that they kind of just force it on people. You know how weird it is that I went into um, a store here in New York, Hot Topic, which may be around the country, may not be, who knows, and they had Edward Cullen Twilight underwear for women. But, yeah. yeah, but you, you're also going to see, though, like, a lot of Avatar shit, especially with Hot Topic. Hot Topic goes crazy when it comes to, like, movies and whatnot. Anything that gets popular, they go crazy with the, any type of clothing, from underwear, you can give them thongs, bras, whatever. But don't you think it's crazy that, you know, it, it's not the movie, because it's like I said, the the idea of the Twilight movie, I haven't watched it, but I've spoken to people that were like, you know, it, it's not a, a terrible flick. You know, it's just one of those things where the fans just make you hate it. Happened to Harry Potter. You know, nothing beats the guy driving driving by the bookstore when everyone was online and yelling out a spoiler for the book. 
because that's what you want to do because people are so religiously enamored with it that they're like, oh, my God, Harry Potter this, have to get the book, have to get online at midnight. It's like, who gives a shit? Same thing with Avatar. It's like, all right, this is great. Bunch of blue people running around with dreadlocks with, with fucking watery anime eyes. All right. But seriously? Not something I'd fucking be waiting online three hours to see. Yeah. Yeah, you're right there, I guess, yeah. Anything else you need to add, my friend? Uh, no, that's basically it. That's my opinion right, on man. everything. That's all right, dude. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. No problem. Later, man. All right, man. All right. With that, we have cleared the switchboard, and there are no more calls on the on the line. With that said, we're going to wrap up the show for tonight. Uh, thanks to this evening call, this evening's callers, of course. Thanks to Slick for getting the ball rolling. Props to Waffles for his call. And with that, we're going to wrap this up. I will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Head over to MyTakeRadio.com. If you haven't joined the forums, please join. Feel free to partake in any of the conversation. And hopefully I will be getting my guest next week. We'll see what happens. With that, thanks for listening. Peace.